0: the read to lead podcast episode 39
1: hi i'm jamie tardy author of eventual millionaire speaking of which one day i think i'll eventually get around to actually listening to this podcast but you already are thankfully and that's awesome it's the read to lead podcast with my good friend jeff brown Think we just don't realize the power of writing and communication in general in work, in our relationships, in the way you influence people around you. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights, and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff.
0: Hi again, and welcome to the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. And just like last week and the 37 preceding weeks, we'll again sit down this week with a successful and inspiring author, and we'll talk about her latest book, and we'll also talk about her thoughts on leadership, personal development, career, business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. And in this episode, we chat with Farnoosh Brock, author and multi-purpose entrepreneur. And in today's episode, Farnoosh will help us understand how to put your health number one, even if it's just an afterthought right now. I know I struggle with that. Why Farnoosh believes writing is the essence of all wealth and the importance of surrounding yourself with a group that will challenge and encourage you much like a mastermind group will do. We've talked about that a little bit in the last couple of weeks. And to that end, I want to let you know a little bit more, I hinted at this last week, but a little bit more about the Read to Lead podcast mastermind group. Now, that's not the official name of it just yet. We don't have a name, but we're in the early stages of putting it together. I, I say we, meaning myself and Sherry Griffin of the BizBookClub.com. This will be a mastermind group exclusively for read-to-lead podcast listeners, but only for those serious about their personal and professional growth. And though not all the details are finalized, I want to give you a little bit of an idea of what to expect. First of all, there'll be weekly Q&A sessions, some led by me, some led by Sherry, and at least one a month where one of our authors participates and you get to ask The questions. As well, members will be chosen via an application process. So it's not necessarily on a first come, first serve basis. It will be by application only. So we will hand select the elite few that will be a part of this group. And that's really for two reasons. One is we want to make sure you have something to offer the group. But we also want to make sure that the group is right for you and where you're at in your career path and in your life path right now. If you want to be challenged by those who are where you want to be and at the same time challenge and mentor those who want to be where you are, then this group just might be for you. If you'd like to receive more information when it becomes available, all you need to do right now is send an email to jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. That's jeff at Podcast.com. Dot com and put mastermind in the subject line. No need to even write a message unless you want to. That's Jeff at com and put mastermind in the subject line. And as soon as new information becomes available, we'll be sure you are the first to hear about it. Farnoush Brock was born and raised in Tehran, Iran. And after leaving Iran at the age of 11 and living in Turkey for three years, she moved to the States where she studied electrical engineering in French and then entered the corporate world. First, she worked for a startup and then moved to a large Fortune 100 technology company. And in 2011, she left a very successful 12-year career to start her own media and publishing company called Prolific Living, Inc. Now, today, she's a published author, speaker, business coach, a digital mediapreneur, social media enthusiast, and expert green juicer, and she's passionate about showing you how to define your own freedom in first your health and then your career. She is a, and I love this, multi-passionate entrepreneur who doesn't believe you need to give up one passion to pursue another. She infuses her love of green juicing and green smoothies, yoga, writing, photography, languages, and world travel into her brand and inspires you to pursue your dreams and your creative genius, and we're thrilled to have her on. Farnoosh, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Jeff, and for uh, for such a warm welcome. Thank you.
0: Well, this show is going to be a little bit different than most in that we won't be spending a majority of our time necessarily discussing a specific uh, book, per se, but One of the reasons I wanted to have Farnoosh on was even though she hasn't yet written a book on the kinds of subjects we typically talk about, personal development and career and entrepreneurship and things like that, she is certainly living these things out very, very successfully. She's a big believer in the idea that your health comes first, health then career. And the books she's written thus far have centered around juicing. In fact, later this month, April 22nd, she releases the Healthy Smoothie Bible. Farnoosh, what have you discovered through your own journey, about the importance of putting your health first?
1: Well, um, I'm so glad we are shedding light on this, Jeff, because um, I didn't always put my health first, and um, I don't know if you've ever had periods in your life where it became sort of a, oh, I can take care of myself later, uh, kind of a priority, or not a Hmm. priority at all. And um, I think that I just, you know, the personal suffering. From it, um, I went through phases in my career where my career was the most important thing, and um, my health suffered. And um, I still continued to neglect it, and um, and I just didn't like who I had become. I was stressed. I was sick. I was I was not happy with myself, and and physically I was not you know feeling feeling well or, or just doing well and had gained a lot of weight. And I think I just realized that um, it's, it's more, it's not just as important as your career, it's more important than your career because you are not even doing your career or your profession a favor when you're not taking care of your health. You're actually sabotaging it. So my simple question for you is, when was the time when you weren't feeling well that you did your best work? Is there such a period where you weren't feeling well about yourself feeling healthy, but still producing your best work.
0: Yeah, th- th- those times are few and far between, aren't
1: they? <laughs> right, right. And, and we like to think that, yes, we are strong and we are, we are able to just uh, sa- sacrifice a little bit here and there. And I totally get it because uh, we get caught up in, in our goals and our ambitions, but I think um, it, it, has to, it has to become a priority. And the reason it's not, is because that we, we can be so confused about health. So for me, it was a matter of simplifying my health, simplifying self-care, simplifying nutrition. And that's why I actually fell in love with juicing and then smoothies and raw foods and eating just a healthier, simpler diet. And then once I started doing that and I saw the amazing productivity I had as a result of just a little bit of self-care, I I could just see how the two are connected. So I've produced some of my best work because I've taken a little care of myself. And in the end, you're so so much further ahead Mm -hmm. when you put your health first.
0: Well, for some of us, uh, health uh, isn't second or third or fourth or even 25th on the list. It's, it's an afterthought. I know for me personally, uh, I, I am uh, not a person who's overweight. I've never struggled with weight. I, I kind of eat what I want and I don't exercise. And, and I'm probably in that camp where you know, health is, is often uh, an afterthought for me. What would you say to someone who's struggling to consider health as a priority at all, let alone number one on the list?
1: Right. Well, I would say, you know, first of all, how we look is actually not an indication of our health factor, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's funny because our society tends to judge so quickly. Thin, pe- thin people must be healthy and happy and flexible and all that and then people who are bigger have all kinds of issues. That is not the case because that's just the outside appearance, right? So I would say um, you need to, um, the best way is to really shock yourself with the reality so go to the doctor and get a complete physical If you're not doing that every year or even more frequently you need to be doing that I think the first thing is kind of start to get in tuned a more in tune with your body and with your health so start listening and watching for symptoms instead of just saying oh I just have a headache oh I just have a little muscle ache oh I just have you know a little stress here so instead of doing that just tune in and listen Listen to how you're feeling and watch what you did before to feel that way. If you are really stressed or you're traveling a lot and not taking care of yourself or you're not sleeping enough and then you don't feel well the next day, they are actually related, believe it or not. So I would say to someone like you, I would say, well, I'm glad you're at least questioning it, right? Am I healthy? Am I one of those in that category? And then get curious get more curious um, maybe get some kind of a health measurement see where you are and then i would say think about just how much better it could be like i am i i not admit my age but i will say that i have never felt stronger healthier more fit um, more just just better happier with who I am in my own skin now than I ever did in my 20s in my early 30s never and it only gets better the more I take care of myself so you really really have a lot of control over the aging process you can really age so much better and prevent so much that could be happening if you don't take care of yourself but prevention is not a sexy topic <laughs> you don't take action based on prevention I know that I'm not fooling myself <laughs> So I would say just um, just get, get, get some measurements, right? Just okay. see how you're doing on the inside and get curious about what else you could be doing.
0: Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, publishing and the writing process, something that you're uh, very adept at. I've heard you say that writing is the essence of all wealth and something that everyone should, should be doing. I was intrigued by that. Why do you believe this so strongly?
1: Well, um, I believe that even more now that I am uh, running my own business, working online, connecting with people all over the world, um, I think we just don't realize the power of writing and communication in general in our work, in our relationships, in the way you influence people around you. We just don't realize it. But I think um, once you start realizing it, you can change it you can improve it to the point where you can really build a living on it and you don't have to become an author or a writer per se you could create um for instance um blogging is one form um creating online courses you're still doing a lot of writing for that teaching uh, any kind of material in any format i think writing where you are expressing yourself right this is a, a, form, a form of self-expression of yourself your thoughts your your skills your abilities your knowledge your expertise it's coming through in the form of writing and you make an amazing connection with the reader on the other hand on the other side or thousands of readers rather because um, um you, you you can have the reach we are so lucky we live in this age you can have the reach to so many. Mm. So, I would say, ask yourself, whatever your career, your profession, what is the role of writing? And, and think about even the emails you're writing, the presentations you're writing, the, the courses you're writing, whatever your, your work is, what is the role of writing and how am I using my writing? Are you even paying attention to the way you write, to the way you communicate, whether you write thousands of pages of fiction or you just write a paragraph to your boss? because when I started paying attention to this, in my corporate job, I started to increase my my composition. I started to have different conversations. I started to use my writing to influence people. I started to get on better projects just by changing my wording, the way I said things, the way I expressed myself. It's very powerful, and of course now I I run my living. I I write books, I write blogs, I I write courses, so um, I've seen this firsthand in my life and also people around me, my clients, my students, and and I I really believe it can go across all professions, Um, so um, the more you can practice your writing and refine it, um, I think it can only benefit you both in an emotional sense, satisfaction and fulfillment, and and financial sense.
0: I read a stat recently, uh, I'm not sure how old this stat is, but I read a stat recently that said uh, 81% of of Americans, I'm not sure how this plays out in the rest of the world, but 81% of Americans feel they have a book in them. I'm in that 81%. I think it's safe to say that the person listening to a podcast like this one likely feels the same way. For someone who desires to write their first book, Farnoosh, what's the first piece of advice that that you would give them?
1: The first piece of advice I would give them, because I hear this phrase all the time, oh, I could write a book on that. Well, (laughs) go right ahead. (laughs) I would say, first of all, it is not easy. You see all these books and you see people that like, you're like, oh, she wrote a book? How could she write a book? She didn't go to, she didn't have a background in literature. I mean, I have no business writing books. I know that. And I've written seven already and I have more coming. So I would say the first thing I would say is it is not something easy to do. I think you need to first learn to appreciate that writing a book is a very, very hard project. And it's most fulfilling, but it's a very hard project. So I would say next time you have the idea that I could write a book on that, go ahead and start writing. That's it. Go ahead and start writing. And I'll give you a tool that I use that I recommend to my students all the time. And uh, these are people who have been mostly employees and they're trying to explore their creative side, which is- I recommend you do no matter what your line of work again. But I would say write daily. And there is a tool online free. It's called 750words.com, 750words.com, which is based on Julia Cameron's uh, The Artist's Way of Writing Morning Pages. But basically, the idea is every one of us should do some free free flow of consciousness writing every day and this tool lets you write free distraction free Um, and um, uh, what you do is you start writing and you start writing ideas about your book you start writing anything you want to put in the book you just start writing and that alone makes you see first of all oh my god writing is so hard so hard and yet it can happen, it can come, you can produce, you can you can write, but that exercise builds the habit and it teaches you so much about writing. You can certainly read tons of books. If you want to read a book, I love on writing by Stephen King. It's half memoir, half on writing. It's a brilliant book. Or you can take the audio book. He, he does the audio as well. But I would say write, right? To start writing every day. Do it for a month and see how you do. And um, you're going to learn so much about the process, and you may just have a book.
0: (laughs) Were there there fears or excuses, Farnoosh, that you had to overcome along the way to writing your first book? And if so, how did did you manage to get past those?
1: Um, Of course. (laughs) <laughs> the answer is, of course, so many. Um, but I, I would say not so much about my writing, although my first book was a self-published uh, book on, um, um, actually, on motivation, on the topic of motivation. So on that one, I was very excited to write it. I was um, you know, I was a little nervous about publishing it and putting it out there. Uh, but I've had fears and excuses about publishing blog posts, about putting my work out there. So I think it speaks to what, uh, hopefully, what you're getting at, which is I guess having the fears and excuses to put our work out there and to be judged and to be to be talked about and to be criticized or applauded, right? All of them. So um, you um, you basically have to come to terms to that and you ask yourself, what do I want more? Do I want to put my work out there badly enough and help people or get this message out? Is this message so important to me that I am willing? to hear anything about my work. And when I was very clear on that, that yes, my message is really, really important. And if one person, this this is really what I say every time I write a blog post, if one person takes something away from this book, then I've done my job. And because one person can go out and change the world, one person can go out and help so many others, one person can go out and, and transform so many others. So um, that that butterfly effect, um, I really like that idea. So um, the fears and excuses are going to be there for all of us, and they're not going to go away. You just want to manage them and overcome them with stronger motives so you keep taking action.
0: Great advice. Uh, Similar to last week's guest, uh, Jamie Tardy, uh, you left a successful career behind, this 12-year career we alluded to, to venture out on your own. What ultimately drove you to make that decision.
1: Right. I noticed you spoke to Jamie last week. She's a very good friend of mine, and um, I think she's doing fantastic things. And um, uh, I left my career, my successful cushy six-figure corporate (laughs) job, uh, almost three years ago today, because um, I was so starved for something good, something fulfilling, something meaningful. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, I could have really kept blogging and I worked from home I had every comfort to continue my side hustle and still make my six figures still do a little bit of work and keep it but it really became clear that I was wasting my time and our time is limited, very limited, Um, and it's hard to remember that, right, on a Monday morning when nothing is happening, and you feel like you have all eternity to live, or you don't, and um, I just realized I'm wasting my time, and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, There were, of course, other things that had been building up, other frustrations, and me getting pulled in this other direction, and I also noticed my idea about work, about what's work, what is success, all of that was changing. So I did not find the, the, the climbing the corporate ladder successful or right for me anymore. And once I realized that, it made no sense to stay. So a lot of things were working together, and uh, the sum of those um, just made it very clear that I had to walk away.
0: Well, also similar to uh, to Jamie, I know you're an advocate for this idea of what I like to call the portfolio lifestyle. This, this concept that you you don't have to land on one thing in your career or business. When we think of of passion, and Jamie says passion is a myth, uh, we we generally think of that as is you know drilling down to one thing and what's that one thing. But it's okay to have multiple passions, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes, it's more than okay, and it's and it's also possible. Like it is, it is practical and realistic and possible to not just have them, but to pursue them and to have multiple businesses, multiple income streams, multiple pursuits. Absolutely.
0: Well, when you decide, Farnoosh, that you want to leverage one of your passions monetarily mm-hmm. speaking, let's say, how do you typically? Uh, begin the process, does it depend on the nature of the passion or is there there a specific way you apply to each passion as you develop it?
1: Right, so um, so that's a really good question because I have learned a lot through the actual process of doing, Jeff. Um, I think that at the beginning I was trying to do this analysis and trying to just look at things as a beginner naturally and, and you may do that as well, but right now to answer your question If I have, like I came back from Hawaii recently and I had this idea to write a book on um, um, something that they are eating a lot over there based on the Brazilian culture that Mm. moved to Hawaii, which is these acai bowls, which is this perfectly healthy, delicious bowl of cold acai, which is this really super healthy dairy anyway. And I looked on Amazon, there's no books, no recipe books on acai bowls. If anybody listens to this and steals this idea, you're welcome because I'm too busy right now. But I wasn't go, I mean I was so excited about that. I thought this is such a perfect snack, so healthy, and we could make it such a creative little book. I, I was going to just pursue it. So I don't, I don't think, oh, is this, is this going to look really good? Now I try to do things uh, under my brand. But my brand is my lifestyle. Prolific living is living a life that is aligned to your values and your passions. So I I know that it will fit under that umbrella. And um, I also have other priorities because I do, I did pursue some of my projects based not on just on passion but based on the fact that I know this is an area I want to become an expert. This is a gap I want to fill. There, there was some analysis that went into some of more more serious ideas that I had but um, I think I have found over now three years of running my own business I hired my husband last year out of his corporate job so we've grown our business we're doing this full time and I have found that if there is an idea that you really want to pursue one advice I would give you is don't do it in isolation right and you can but if you want to make it a successful business idea Get 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 a, a second opinion. Join a mastermind. Maybe ask your readers if you have a sample reader group, or or make sure you are relating to the world outside. You are solving a problem as well as pursuing a passion. When you lock into that, then go for it. So any project where I have gone about it more collaboratively, mm. like my career program where I help people get promoted in the corporate world. I, from the very early on, I had early birds, I had people who were my guinea pigs. It was just done so collaboratively, and that has been really successful because I was very in tune to what my, my readers and, and people that, I, that are my ideal clients need, so I didn't create it all in isolation, but at the same time, I was doing something I'm very passionate about. I don't know if I answered your question or dodged it. You tell
0: me. You you, you did a great job. And in fact, uh, you hinted at another question I wanted to ask you. It it was one that I hadn't really researched. I wasn't fully aware of your opinion on masterminds. uh, But it sounds like you're, you're an advocate for joining a mastermind group if you're not already a part of one.
1: Yes, I am an advocate of having support groups that raise you in in spirit, in energy, in motivation, so your family and friends may not be that support group when you make a radical decision to go from this traditional job to, say, writing a book or, or doing a course online, so That's okay. You can love them, but they don't have to understand what you're doing. But there are people out there who are who can share your passion, who can help you, who can support you. Whether it's a mastermind, whether it's and there's so many different kinds of masterminds. You know, I'm in several, and I totally believe in them. Um, There is uh, mentors, there is coaches, there is programs you can join with with a community that that's right there, you know, sharing the same passion, the same vision, but. I'm really a big believer of having a support system so you don't feel so lonely because you don't need to because there are so many other people out there pursuing these ideas and making it reality, living it and breathing it. And and, and it's not it's not as crazy as, as maybe your family may make it sound, or they may be supportive. I don't know. My thought is crazy. We still do.
0: <laughs> well, Farnish what about that person just getting started? Let's say they've identified several passions. Maybe they're a bit overwhelmed yeah. by that. Uh, is, it, is it safe to assume you suggest maybe developing one idea or, or passion at a time, layering them as you go? Or what would you say to that?
1: Yes, 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 to all of that. Um, I, I work with my students who are just starting, let's say, um, the first business ever, and they still have a full-time job. Yes, the ideas are great. One thing I would say about ideas is the idea overwhelm for entrepreneurs. I think we all suffer from that. See. There's no shortage of ideas. So what you should do is keep track of all your ideas because you'll forget them. Have an idea locker, and I have a digital idea locker, which is just a little app I use. i um, so you just keep track of your ideas, however, pursue only one, and if creating an income stream is, is a priority to you, if you want to get close to income stream as soon as possible, then you want to start with maybe a more of a service-oriented idea, a business idea, rather than a product or a book. But all of them are good, but a service is a direct exchange of your time and your expertise for money, immediate money, and of course you get experience and even more ideas on what to do next. But the books and the products and the courses are more long-term, but it's also more of an effort up front before you can actually make money. But yes, to answer your question, you want to narrow down the ideas, pursue one, and there is a process to all of this. Uh, and then. Go after one, because if you get overwhelmed, you are likely to give up. And the one thing you can't do is give up, right? If one idea doesn't work, there is another one and another one, <laughs> and there is no such thing as, as, as failure here. You just haven't landed on the right idea yet.
0: Well, Farnish, among all of the lessons you've learned, be they from leadership, business, entrepreneurship, personal development, that you've learned and come to appreciate, if you had to narrow it down to, to one theme or one central idea... What advice would you give?
1: I would say the one that um, helped me in my time of like, oh, I need help, or am I doing the right thing? Oh, is this the right path? Is that um, I have learned to trust myself. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't mean I don't seek second, third, fourth opinion, that I don't uh, research my, my ideas and my work and, and make sure I'm taking the right steps. But um, at some point, you make the call. But nobody else makes these calls like, you know, I'm going to do this product. I'm going to write this blog post. So I'm going to take on this client or not. You make the call. So you have to be able to trust yourself and your decision-making process to the point where, you are confident you're making the right decision. And that trust took a lot to build between me and myself, right? It, it had to do with confidence, with the fact that um, I am willing to assume responsibility no matter what happens, whether it works out or not, that it's okay if it doesn't work out, that I'm willing to invest the time and the effort, and I really want to do this. So, um, so trusting yourself, learning to trust yourself, if you don't know it, it's okay because... We never we don't learn it these are things i have developed as part of going on my own um as as a adult right so um so it's okay if you don't know it but work on building trust on on your own feel, gut, gut gut feeling on on what you want to do and then learn to also um you know look into it deeper and uh, and do your due diligence but learn to trust yourself i think that's that's really the biggest lesson. It sounds simple, but it was a hard one for me to, to develop, to exercise, to apply all the time, and to continue to refine
0: it. I identify with that very much. I mean, for, for a long time, and going back to something you said earlier, I, I had a hard time getting comfortable with the idea of putting something out there uh, as me. Uh, I, I did things under a pseudonym for, uh, for a while. Mm. I just wasn't comfortable. It took a while to get to the point where I was brave enough and trusted myself, and so I definitely identify with that. Uh, Farnoosh, you've had the opportunity to impact a lot of people uh, with your work, your students, your clients, your readers. At the end of the day, what do you hope your legacy to be?
1: My legacy, oh, what a wonderful word. I, I think oh, I used to have this, this giant big wish. So I want to be remembered for all these big things. But I think it's a smaller now and, and, and more meaningful to me. I think, um, I get emails you know, all the time now Jeff, like it is just so overwhelming from people who tell me, you've changed my life, you've changed my, my career, this has helped me so much, this has brought me out of depression, this has changed this and that. I mean, just really meaningful emails, they get letters in the mail and, uh, and I feel like even one of them is enough to be a legacy because really I do believe if you change one person's life to where they believe they can do something that they didn't believe they could, they have the, uh, the ability to, to, to impact millions. So there's no number here. I think um, as long as I leave a message that uh, simply says, if there is something you feel called to do and uh, you feel like you're not in the right place in your life, you're not in the right direction, you, you, want, you want to change things, just believe that you can do it and then figure out the rest. Right? Believing in yourself, trusting yourself, and not letting this victim mentality get to you. No matter how difficult it's been in the past, it's over, right? That's no indication how your future is going to be. They're completely unrelated. So just just instilling that message in in anybody, in one person, in a thousand people, I think that would be really rewarding and really humbling.
0: You mentioned the Stephen King book a little earlier. Could you name a couple of books for us that you've read recently that have had an impact on you and maybe share why or how, Farnoosh, they impacted you as they did?
1: Yes, and I'm so glad that both of us are avid readers, (laughs) Yes. Um, I uh, love reading, and uh, now I read anything that I want to read, not anything that I should read. So um, that has uh, made reading even more pleasurable. Um, On Writing by Stephen King, I think it's a brilliant book. Um, I am going to repeat Julia Cameron's book, the, Art, uh, the Artist's Way, which I think is brilliant for anybody, especially those of us who know we have some sense of creativity, but we've never pursued it. So I think that's a really, really good book. Um, I'm actually big into fiction. so I've read wonderful business books, but I'm really big into fiction, and I'm really big into uh, the um, fantasy fiction series by George R. R. Martin. I think he's absolutely brilliant, and um, he's written A Song of uh, Ice and Fire, which is adapted uh, into Game of Thrones yeah. uh, TV show. And I think the books are brilliant because he talks about the um, the inner conflicts of the human soul, and the characters are so complex, and there's no black and white, and and there is um there's a lot of gray, and and that I can relate to that with our world, and I think reading fiction is is is, is just a necessity. It, it it opens you to a different world. It improves your writing because reading good books literature-type books, right, not cheap magazines. Um, that actually improves your writing. It improves your comprehension. It keeps your your mind sharp. Um, but it doesn't have to be, of course, um, the, the, the series, the fantasy fiction. I mean, I read them because it takes me to a different world, and then I come back with, with lots of ideas. Um, I learn. I grow. Um, it's joyful. It's delicious. I, I can't get enough of fantasy fiction. And I think um, if, if a book doesn't cut it, just put it down and move on. That's what Stephen mm-hmm. King does. It's just too many good books out there to, to, to push yourself through a book that you don't want to read.
0: Yeah, get past that guilt of feeling like you have to finish yes, this one. <laughs>
1: that one. Exactly. <laughs> well,
0: speaking of uh, books, we hinted at it briefly. I want to make sure everybody understands and knows that the Healthy Smoothie Bible comes out on April the 22nd. Furnish, what's next for you? What should we be on the lookout for? And uh, where's uh, the best places to find you on the web?
1: Uh, thank you so much for the shout-out to the Healthy Smoothie Bible. Next, um, I think, is um, actually you mentioned earlier that she hasn't written a book on entrepreneurship or business I have a pending proposal. So if that comes true, I will start writing that. But um, I think right now um, we're focusing on um, uh, my um, career programs uh, to help people who are either struggling to move up in the corporate ladder or they are not Really interested in a corporate job, and they're interested in moving on. So I have programs there to help people, and growing those programs, and working with people one-on-one in that area. So you can find everything um, on uh, prolificliving.com, and um, I, I, you know, direct you to um, to where you need to go depending on um, what you're interested in. But prolificliving.com is my home online. You connect with me on social media, and um, we talked a lot about confidence, and I do have a, a confidence-building book right on. Career, um, prolific living. That's um, something you could go through. It's uh, it's free and um, it's had a lot of success. And I think if you can get past the confidence and really believe in what you want to do, the rest is just detail, and and you can really make a lot of wonderful things happen in your life.
0: Well, I'm thrilled to, uh, to be able to have you on the Read to Lead podcast. I first became familiar uh, with your work, I guess it was about a year ago, uh, and I was brand new to Entrepreneur on Fire, that podcast with John Lee Dumas, and one of the first guests I ever heard was Farnoosh Brock. I thought to myself, (laughs) one day I'm going to meet this young lady. And while we haven't met face-to-face, it was great to sort of meet you over the phone, if you will. So thanks for being here, Farnoosh. We really appreciated you taking the time.
1: Thank you, Jeff, so much for having me and for for a wonderful show that you have. And uh, please keep doing it. Thank you.
0: Farnoosh is involved in so many great things. If you'd like to network with her, one of the best ways you can do that is on Twitter. You'll find her at Prolific Living on Twitter. That's at prolific living. And remember, the Read to Lead podcast makes for a great conversation starter. Everything we talked about today, the links and resources mentioned, the books that Farnoosh talked about as well, can all be found on the web in a special page created especially for this episode, readtoleadpodcast.com slash 039 for episode 39. If you desire to be considered for the forthcoming Read to Lead podcast mastermind group, be sure and send your email to jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com and put mastermind in the subject line. That's jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. And finally, if you could do one thing, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd rate and review the podcast if you haven't already done so. This helps keep the podcast visible to new people. If you give it a five-star rating and leave a written review so I know who you are. I'll be sure and mention you by name in an upcoming episode as a small way to say thanks. Now, to do this, you can rate or review the podcast in either iTunes or Stitcher or both. Just go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes or readtoleadpodcast.com slash Stitcher. Well, that'll do it for this week. I hope to see you next time on the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash read to lead nation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead.
0: I know you're in there People asking where you've been They say I have courage and I'm trying to I'm right here for you, just let me in We only have each other It's just you and me What are we gonna do? Do you want to build a snowman?